All right, everybody, welcome back to the Steel City Blitz Steelers podcast presented by Deck Roofing Incorporated of South Florida. And uh, it hasn't quite been two weeks since the Steelers were, uh, well, let's just say dumped out of the playoffs by the Cleveland Browns. Um, And there has been a lot of stuff going on, and today was a prime example of that because there were uh, numerous things happening today on the South side. Uh, Coaches being interviewed, players being interviewed, players being signed. And uh, boy, I tell you, Steelers Twitter, we're we're a unique bunch, let me tell you. Uh, To to break it all down, we have uh, usual suspects, uh, Ian and Ben are with me tonight. And uh, also a longtime friend of the show, Ryan Scarpino is with us as well. Ryan uh, uh, used to be entrenched with the Steelers in the PR department there. So he's got a great insight. And, um, and really, Ryan, what I should have done, I should have had you come on uh, with you doing your Troy Palomalo uh, uh, impersonation because our, our Ellie Finnerty is in love with the man. And if she thought we were interviewing him and didn't invite her on, she would have gone insane. Um, but, but Ryan, how, how are you, man? It's great to talk to you again. I uh, appreciate the invite. Uh, as soon as you said, Troy, I just, you know, oh, God, God willing. Thank you. Um, uh, but Hall of Famer Troy Polamalu. It's been a long time since I've been on the show, a, c- a couple years, but yeah. rightfully, right, rightfully so. Troy into the Hall of Fame, and uh, uh, what a great guy he was. Uh, he is probably, he is probably somewhere very nice right now, riding out this this pandemic, and good for him. He deserves it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we, we all do, but uh, some of us uh, don't quite have those options. But <laughs> but more power to those yeah. that do, uh, for <laughs> sure. Um, so you know, Ryan, just let me let me get your thoughts, and then we'll uh, break down a little bit of what went on today. Um, you know, and and I wish I could say we we planned this. It just so happened it was a busy day in Pittsburgh for the Steelers, and it fits perfectly into our uh, recording schedule, but. You know, Ryan, we we haven't talked since the season ended, and um, you know this team was eleven and zero. And what was what was kind of going through your mind when when they were eleven and zero? Did did you see chinks in the armor? Did you feel real confident? What what was going through your head? <laughs> eleven and zero is eleven and zero. Mike Tomlin, as Mike Tomlin would say. Uh, but you know, I, I tweeted this out. Prior to the Washington game, they were six and zero in one possession games, mm-hmm. and that was one of the best records that they've had in recent years. Twenty seventeen, they were actually eight and three in one possession game. So, you know, let's just split the difference: three and three in those six. Mm-hmm. They were mm-hmm. six and zero. Let's just say that. Let's just say they're three and three. I would have felt a lot better being eight and three than eleven and zero, and I think that that gave. I mean, that gave all of us hope. You know, yeah. I really didn't know what to expect. I really didn't know what to expect coming into the season because of COVID. Um, I fully thought that that the season would be delayed in some sort of way. So, mm-hmm. you know, kudos to the NF, kudos yeah. to the NFL for for getting all those games in. Whether you know, I know some teams, you know, were, were impacted by it, and that's unfortunate. Um, but you know, I'm looking at the schedule right now, and I want to I want to I want to point to a game, but. You know, I, I, I'm not saying anything that that probably 99% of Steelers fans are thinking, but that that Ravens COVID game, 
Mm-hmm. They squeaked it out. They squeaked it out, but you know, the Ravens weren't at full strength by any means, but no. you just saw you just saw a pattern that had been ailing the Steelers for about five, six games right now. They weren't able to run the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were turning the ball over a lot. Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The defense was getting turnovers, yeah. uh, but the defense wasn't able to stop the run. Um, and then even being up big against the, the Washington football team and losing that, and then the Buffalo loss, and then losing at the Bengals. And, <laughs> and then it's like, okay, they're going to turn this around, but – you know, long winded. It 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 stinks. It's disappointing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think I think that I think that most people expected a loss at Kansas City because that's what the narrative was the whole time. Yeah. Let's see them play the. Let's see them play the Chiefs. Let's see what it they was. can do against Mahomes and company. And you know, even up that that week after the Cleveland game, I'm like, this is going to be close. I, I don't think Cleveland went all out in that final game. I think that they, you know, Chubb only had I think 13 carries. Like there was, mm-hmm. I think they were just sque- they were just squeaking by as much as as much as the Steelers were trying to just rest their guys. But Cleveland 28 nothing in the first quarter. <laughs> I know. Oh my god! Uh... I mean, you know, and, and kudos to the Browns. You know, I've I've been saying for years now. Good, you know, I want them to be competitive again. It's good for the North, and it is. I think the North is gonna. I think the North is gonna be a really, really good division for for a long time. But you know, it stinks the way it ended. But you know, I I don't I, I can't put my finger on it, all the things that happened. But you know, you point to the lack of run game. Mm-hmm. Um, the defense was having trouble stopping the run, and you know, it, it just looked like they ran out of gas, and they just looked tired. I, I think that's a good point, and I think that's something that that often gets overlooked. That you know, we, we can talk to our blue in the face. You know, they didn't get a traditional bye week this year because of the way things broke with COVID, and you know, those, those things add up. And and you look at the the injuries that they did sustain, and the bumps and the bruises. And as as they say in the game of football, nobody's a hundred percent when you get into the playoffs. It, I mean, it's just fact of the matter. But yeah, they they did. They they looked a little slow. A um, little tired, and and I I would I would agree with that. Um, Brian brought up a good point too that I want to yeah. mention about the the one score games because there's been some research done that teams that have a big disparity in mm-hmm. their record in one score games usually regress towards the mean the next year. Whether it's they win a bunch more, or they lose a bunch more. Um, right. I, I remember we talked about this on the podcast a few years ago after the Steelers went 13 and three and won a bunch of one score games, um, and then bottomed out against Jacksonville in the playoffs when they went down 21 nothing in the first quarter. Sounds very similar. <laughs> Right. right. Um, but uh, but, you know, the, the teams that win a bunch of of one score games one year tend to, you know, get back towards that 50 50 split the next year. And that takes you from, you know, potentially a 13 and three team to like an 11 and five team or a 10 and six team. So um, it, Ryan's point about the, the one score games is really well taken. That's really well put. Yeah, it, it is. I, I recall us talking about that, Ian, as a matter of fact, and, and thought of it when Ryan was talking about it. So it. it you know, we we've said it so many times on this show that that the game of football, especially when you get to the NFL, games are literally decided by a couple of plays. Um, 70, 80 plays are run per game, and and you know, and really that's what it comes down to. A couple plays a game. Now those plays might happen in the second quarter or the third quarter, but that's what it comes down to. And and uh either you're on the good side of it or or you're not. Um so 
Ben, let me bring you in here because uh, I can hear you in the background sipping your whiskey, and I'm afraid you're going to pass out before I get to you. Uh, uh, lots of stuff going on today uh, in Pittsburgh, um, and, and and let me just give the timeline, and then I'll hand it over to you. Um, we we got wind that uh, the, the Steelers were going to interview Hugh Jackson, uh, the former Browns head coach, uh, for the offensive coordinator position, and then we heard that Dwayne Haskins, the the uh, former number one uh, first round draft pick, I should say, of the Redskins. Oh, whoops, I mean Washington football team. Sorry. Um, Technically, he, uh, they were the Redskins when they picked them. So that, not, that's true. Thank you. Not fully wrong there. Right. Right. It's it's just when you've been calling a team the same thing for the last fifty years, it kind of sticks. San Diego Chargers. Exactly. I'll still call them that. Yeah. I mean, I don't. Yeah. Oakland Raiders. So we, we lost Vegas. Give me a break. Um, my, my dad it, still calls the Colts Baltimore from time to time. <laughs> so it's all good. <laughs> now that's what I did adjust to. Um, you know, we got we got word that Haskins was in town. Then we heard that Haskins signed. And then just a short time ago, we heard that the Steelers want to talk to Pep Hamilton, who most recently was uh, working with Justin uh, Herbert uh, out there in, in Los Angeles with the Chargers. So, there, man, there's a ton of stuff going on. Uh, ben, start with Hugh Jackson. What What is this all about? Because I, I thought we had selected Matt Canada, and that was done. Well, I... I a couple of things. First, uh, Tomlin has noted that he wants to hire an, of- an offensive line coach, settle on that first, and then finalize his OC pick, his mm-hmm. offensive coordinator. Um, and I don't know where he's at in that process. Obviously, neither do you. But um, So he's talking to Hugh Jackson. There is a hiring initiative in the NFL right now, league-wide. It basically says you need to interview a minority candidate and hopefully, you know, Tomlin's not the kind of guy who's just going to give somebody a, so a, a check mark interview to, to make sure he satisfies a requirement. But Hugh Jackson, I thought was a say what you want, not a great head coach, but mm-hmm. as an offensive coordinator in particular in Oakland, a very creative yes. guy. And I don't, I wasn't necessarily up in arms about the fact that, that Tomlin wanted to talk to him. I was like, okay, yeah. I mean, I, you know, this is a guy who, who uses who designs his offense around the skills of his players instead of saying to the players, you're going to fit my offense, mm-hmm. which may be something that the Steelers are going to need going forward. Um, so not a big deal. Pep Hamilton, uh, I don't know what to make of that. Um, I I did some – I made some inquiries this evening. Uh, somebody I got back to me and said, you know, everybody still thinks Canada's got it, uh, but nobody really knows. Nobody knows mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know what to make of that. Um, you know, we'll see as far as the, the Haskins signing, that is nothing. I don't know why Steelers fans get so up in arms about every <laughs> single oh, signing. Yes, you do. <laughs> My God, this is a guy who's number three in the depth chart right now on a reserve futures contract, which is the same contract they give guys on the practice squad. Yeah. And He's got a basically a, a prove it or lose it deal. I mean, they they ventured nothing by signing him. He got no bonus, no nothing. He's got to show up for camp and prove himself. If he can make the team, he's on a one year minimum deal. Yeah, they. This is so low risk. It doesn't mean a damn thing. If if Josh Dobbs signs tomorrow, he's number four on the depth chart. Yep. It's not like they signed this guy to start. So I don't, I don't know what the big deal is. I don't know why people get so worked up over shit like this 
I, I tend to think it's just <laughs> simply because of, of how he was let go from Washington. It's like, oh, geez, we got another one of these kind of guys coming in here. Um, I, well, he's, I, he's kind of an idiot. I mean, he's kind of a knucklehead. Let's be honest. I mean, you, yeah, you know, yeah. you know what you're supposed to do. They all knew as, as, uh, as dealers put it, when the Ravens got in trouble, they mm-hmm. all knew what they were supposed to do from, I, I'm sorry, that was the Titans. When the Titans got in trouble, because you only have a COVID breakout if you're playing the Steelers this season. That seemed but to be. Yeah. When the Titans got in trouble, uh, what they said was, you know, we all knew what we were supposed to do from day zero, all of us. And if these mm-hmm. guys were breaking protocol, they're idiots. And Haskins broke protocol and obviously got in trouble for it. And then supposedly the last game he played there in Washington, uh, they didn't think that he was very well prepared mm-hmm. <laughs> mentally to play the game. And as a result, they cut him. It wasn't so much about his performance as much as his preparation. So he's an immature guy. He's got yeah. some issues. Um, obviously a very talented guy. And the Steelers want to see if they can redeem him. And, mm-hmm. you know, to me, venturing nothing to – gain a quarterback who maybe shouldn't have been a first rounder, but is still a very talented guy. Agree. agree. It's a pretty good bet. Yeah, I, I I agree with that. I mean I, I'm not thrilled with, you know, some of some of the decisions, but at the same time, as you mentioned, it's a it's a zero risk thing for the Steelers. And um if he turns out to to be somebody they end up relying on down the down the road for, you know, as a backup or whatnot, then great. And and if not, then it really doesn't cost them anything. Um, Ryan, when when the Steelers do something like bring in a, a Pep Hamilton, a, a Hugh Jackson, I, I mean, did you ever get the feeling when you were there that this is a matter of fact thing, or is is there real intent here by Mike Tomlin to to actually consider these guys for their job? I mean, I can't tell you the number of free agents that visited that didn't sign but it never mm-hmm. made it to twitter you know <laughs> like i mean <laughs> that that was probably way before social. it was before social media is what it is now but there are plenty of times that yeah. you know the Steelers did their, their did their due diligence and brought a you know a player in or a coach in mm-hmm. um you know some teams announce everything some teams didn't uh Steelers you know Steelers like to keep the uh their their hand uh yep. you know they don't they don't want to they don't want to show their hand but um, you know, I, I was looking at you. So here's the, here's the thing about Hugh Jackson. And I, and I, I totally understand why, why that was the first, the first, mm-hmm. uh, sort of news, first news today is that Hugh Jackson was, you know, at one point was one in 31 as a head coach of the Cleveland Browns <laughs> and he was fired in his third year. And I think that those like lasting snippets of him, sort of, you know, fighting heads with Todd Haley and Greg Williams on hard knocks, mm-hmm. you know, that, that's what people, that's what people remember about Hugh, but, you know, he was coordinator in Oakland in, in uh, 2010 and they were sixth in the league in points. And then in 14 and 15 with Cincinnati, they were 15th in points and then seventh in points. So, I mean, he, he's done well as a coordinator. Um, I think he, you know, he has a good, he, he's a, he's a veteran coach. Um and then, you know, I, I didn't really know anything about Pep Hamilton, but he was the Colts OC from 2013 to 2015. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
first two years with the Colts, they were 11-5 and five both years, lost to the Patriots both years in the playoffs. Andrew Luck played every game in those two years. Yeah. Uh, and in that 2014 season, they were third in yards, sixth in points. Uh, and then his final year with the Colts, they were 8-8, eight and eight, but Luck was hurt. So, And then, look, 31 touchdowns this past year with Justin Herbert in 15 games. Ben had 33 in 15 games. So, yeah. you know, he's – I mean, they both. I mean, Pep's a little bit young. I don't know exact ages, but mm-hmm. you know, Hugh ha- Hugh has more professional experience. But listen, Mike Tomlin has said this many, many times. You're not here for charity. <laughs> you know, yeah. he, they're. You know, obviously, Mike has relationships with these guys in some form or fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I think they're both qualified. But I. Th- but I think this just to me. This is to me is are they are they bringing in someone thinking of the future or are they bringing in, in someone because this may be Ben's last year or is it both? And, and I think that's something that they need absolutely need to think right. about um, at this time, because as we all know, I don't know how many more years Ben has in him. No, I, I none of us do. And, and I, you know, he, he's going to keep us in limbo. I think he enjoys the fan base being in constant limbo. <laughs> um, you know, and Ian, that's something I was going to ask you about is, you know, with Haskins, I think there's a lot of people that are trying to uh, read the tea leaves, so to speak, and say, oh, geez, if they're signing this guy, then then maybe that means Ben's retiring. But then there's the flip side. Well, Ben's probably staying now, and, uh, you know, he could mentor this guy for a year, and then he retires, and then you got, you know, Mason's still the guy, but then he's a number two. I mean, we're, we're, have you been able to look through this at all, or are you just seeing it for what it is right now? I mean, the way I always look at depth signings like this, and that's absolutely what it is. If they had a, a serious interest in him being a, a, a quarterback that was definitely going to make the team, they would have signed him to more than a reserve futures deal. Like Ben mentioned, yeah. you know, reserve futures deals, which you sign potential practice squad candidates too. So this was a depth upgrade. So it's not a question of does Dwayne Haskins replace Ben Roethlisberger. It's probably not even a question of does Dwayne Haskins replace Mason Rudolph because. I'm not sure at this point if he's better than Rudolph, um, but it's a question of is Dwayne Haskins better than Josh Dobbs? Is he better than Doc Hodges? And the answer to those questions might be yes. And, and mm-hmm. Dobbs is a pending free agent too. So, um, it, you know, it's we the Steelers typically like to have four quarterbacks with them uh, in, through the offseason and through training camp. So, um, you know, we have three under contract right now with Roethlisberger, mm-hmm. Uh, Rudolph and Haskins. So I'm looking at it for what it is, is you improve the depth of your quarterback room. And as we saw two years ago, which as much as we'd like to forget it, sometimes <laughs> those third guys in your quarterback room or the fourth guys in your quarterback room actually play. So, yeah. um, you know, that's that's kind of how I'm looking at it. Um, the the Pep Hamilton thing, I think, is really interesting because he was kind of like the, the Andrew Luck whisperer. He was uh, – before he came to the Colts, he was the wide receivers coach and then offensive coordinator at Stanford mm-hmm. while Luck was there. And then the Colts brought him in after they drafted Luck to be their offensive coordinator. So um, kind of an interesting career path there. Um, then he went to the Browns for their disastrous 2016 year when they <laughs> went 1-15. Uh, then went to Michigan for two years. And, and mm. I mean, for as much as, you know, we, we rip on Michigan and uh, Harbaugh up there, I mean, he did get Shea Patterson, who was not a great quarterback, yeah. on, uh, you know, 
two award watch lists that season. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, they, they in, in both of those seasons that he was at Michigan and he was the, the quarterback's coach there um, and assistant head coach, I think they were, you know, yeah. typical Michigan seasons. They scored a lot of points at the beginning of the year, pretty much won all their games and then lost to Ohio State and then lost to an SEC team in a bowl game, just like Michigan does more or less every year. So, um, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. no, nothing, nothing atypical there. And then um, was also the head coach of the DC defenders in the short-lived XFL and then was the Chargers quarterbacks coach this year. So um, I agree. He has a, a track record of, of working with young quarterbacks um, mostly pretty well. And he's actually been around the NFL for a while. His first NFL job was with the Jets back in 2003. I mean, he worked with Chad Pennington um, for crying out loud. <laughs> was there as his quarterbacks coach. Yeah. Uh, so it's, yeah. it's not necessarily like, um, you know, he's, he's new. Yeah, he's not new. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, one other guy that that definitely uh, slid under the radar last night and today because of all these other names and things going on was Keith Butler. And, you know, Ben, I, I know you're not surprised that he's back uh, as a defensive oh. coordinator. Um, Nor do I believe that Tomlin's calling the defense. I think that's it. I, that's I, where you watch yeah, the guy on TV relaying yeah. plays into the linebackers and you think Tomlin's calling the defense. Okay. That doesn't Why? make any yeah. sense. And yeah, I'm not even going to get into this further. It's just dumb. I, I know what <laughs> Jerry Dulac said. I believe that Tomlin's on a headset and, and that he will overrule calls from time to time, both on offense and defense, but he's the yes. head coach. He can do that. Yeah. yeah. I, I, so, so you're, let me, let me put it another way. Are you good with Butler being back for one more year? I wish that they would hire an assistant outside linebackers coach. But other than that, I'm fine with it. Um, I just, I'd like to see him have some help there uh, with running drills and whatnot. I love Butler's track record, obviously with outside linebackers. I mean, he's had some stellar edge players, stellar edge players, you know? So I'm, I'm not going to argue that at all. However, Um, I would like to see him get some help there. Um, Beyond that, I'm fine with it. I mm-hmm. I kind of wonder mm-hmm. what's going to happen with Terrell Austin interviewing as a DC and Tom Bradley not coming back. Um, what they're going to do with the defensive backfield? You know, that's another another yep. hole that Tomlin's got to fill. Um, so, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I kind of wonder yeah, what's going to go on a lot of places in that on that staff right now. It, it's not just about Butler, but yeah, some stability there is good. Hmm. No, I yeah, I, I'm with you. Um, I think we all saw it coming, and it was not a surprise at all. And and I, I, I agree with you. I think when coaches put more than one hat on, uh, it creates problems. And I, I think um, based on people I've talked to, is that that when Matt Canada came in, uh, Mason Rudolph was able to get a lot more individual work because uh, Randy Feekner was trying to wear both hats as the OC and the quarterback's right. coach. So, you know, I think that's a good example. Um, it, it, Ryan, I want to ask you, uh, you know, Butler, um, is he as kind of um, aw shucks as you see him on uh, on his weekly <laughs> uh, pressers and stuff? He, he, he strikes me as such a laid-back, uh, folksy guy. Oh, man, I might not be able to be on the show after this, but uh, – both Randy and both. Uh, this is my Randy Feekner appreciation time. Uh, great person, 
great person, great coach, not yeah. all his fault. Um, and it stinks because he's, he's a good guy. But yeah. uh, butts, butts is exactly what you see every coordinator Thursday or whatever day they do it now. Um, <laughs> he is just laid back as can be. Um, but he's a, he's a great coach. And, I mean, the numbers don't lie. You know, they've led the league in sacks, what, four years in a row now. Mm-hmm. You know, third in, total, third in total defense this past year, second in turnovers, first in sacks. Um, you know, I, you were talking about, you know, Terrell Austin, remember a couple of years ago when he came on board and the, the chatter was, Oh, well, he's just going to be Keith Butler's replacement eventually. Yeah. Well, oh, sure. I, you know, was that to maybe say, Hey, Keith, you're on the hot seat or, you know, cause obviously, I mean, we all don't know what goes on right. from day to day in the, co- in the coaching operations and whatnot, but I'm glad Keith Butler's back. You know, he's been here a long time. I think consistency is key. Um, but I will say this, last two playoff games, yep. they've given up four, 45 and 48. Um, yep. Yeah, but guys, it, let's let, – I'm sorry to cut you off, Ryan. I just – I want to make no, a point you're good, about guys. the 45 and the 48 yeah. here, okay? A lot of those points were due to turnovers that were directly, directly related to turnovers – excuse me, turnover points that were directly related to short fields. And it, when we say 45 and 48 points, we've got to bear that in mind. 21 points on turnovers in both, both the last two playoff games really kill the offense, really yeah. kill the defense. You put yourself, you put yourself in a hole. Where you're down 28, nothing or 21, nothing in the first quarter, respectively, those last two games you're not putting yourself in a position where you can win the damn game. I don't care if your if your offense mm-hmm. does get cooking late. It doesn't matter. So I I fault him to a point. Uh, certainly, you know, I and you may have been getting to this Ryan where he's covering a number 1 wide receiver with a linebacker. That mm-hmm. drives me insane. But <laughs> you know, other than that, I I can't I can't throw a lot of stones at the defense when they're out of the field because the offense can't sustain a drive and they're already in a hole when they get out there. So their mindset has to be, Oh my God, we got to make something happen. We got to make something happen. We got to make something happen. Mm -hmm. You can't just play your game then. Yeah, no, I, I agree with what you're saying. I I mean, I, I, as is always the case, the, um, the the numbers don't lie and, and you got to peel back the layers on the onion sometimes to see, what really goes on in a game and, and uh, for, for sure the offense did not help in, in either of those, those last two situations. Uh, just a reminder, everybody you're listening to the steel city blitz Steelers podcast presented by deck roofing incorporated of South Florida. And uh, whether you are in the market for condos or uh, uh, you know, private homes, any of that good stuff, uh, they serve Broward County and uh, the Palm beach counties down there. So Check them out, Deck Roofing Incorporated at deckroofing.com. Um, you can tell that Steel Dad's sober when he says roofing correctly instead of roofing. Did, did I say roofing? <laughs> I said roofing. You did. R- roofing? Yeah. Roofing? R- roofing? 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 I don't know. Um, so, Ryan, what uh, what typically goes on with, with the Steelers right now? We, we know, and we're – I think a lot of knowledgeable Steelers fans are trying to set the table for other Steelers fans and and, and everybody's just kind of prefacing, Hey, look, this is going to be 
a really, really crazy offseason because of the cap situation um, and, and the number of guys that are free agents. And, and, and so, and I know it's hard for you because you, you've seen change there at the Steelers before when you were there. But, but what is it like in this particular situation when you could have so much turnover? I, I mean, the, these are guys. They're people. They're human beings. You build relationships with these guys. Um, and, and to see them come and go is not always easy, is it? Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I think back to, like, when's the last time the Steelers were sort of at, like, a major crossroads? Mm-hmm. And I would say the, their last losing season, 2003, they were 6-10, and 10, and they draft Ben Roethlisberger the next year. Um, yeah. You know, that was a bad sure, year. Yeah. I, I, yes. <laughs> we have season tickets. I, I sat through that year, and I vividly remember that. That was Tommy. But, but now here, my point being is that the Steelers haven't had a losing season since 2003. And, you know, just that model of consistency has been – incredible you know kudos to the Roonies Kevin Colbert and company and coach Tomlin and even coach Cowher and uh in his couple years prior to coach Tomlin being hired um you know I'm just I'm trying to think back to my time there Uh, you know maybe you know maybe that 2012 season um Mm -hmm. you know coming off of the Tebow game um there were a lot of a lot of veterans uh on both sides of the ball um, that you just didn't know were coming back. Um, Bruce Arians, quote, retired. Right, uh, right. Um, Todd Haley comes on board. Um, you know, lot, you know there, were, there, were, there was major shuffling, um, <laughs> but they went 8-8. Eight and eight. And that year was the only time that they were eliminated prior to week 17 under Mike Tomlin. It's incredible. Next year. Next year they were zero and four, then two and six. Ended up eight and eight, and Ryan Suckup missed a field goal. So I, I yeah. look at this like I, you know, I, you know, we're not we're not going to knock on wood, but like you know, we're not talking even with even with major decisions that have to be made. You know, I, you have to think Ben is coming back, um, mm-hmm. and you know, I know their schedule is a lot tougher this year, but you know. I think everybody won. I think everybody just needs to cool their jets and relax and let this all play out. Yeah. Um. I know that's. I know that's easier said than done, especially you know sure. ending the season ending the season the way it did. But you know the Steelers are one of the most consistent franchises, not only in professional football but professional sports. They have, uh, you know, amazing talent. You know, not only players but staff and, and personnel, and they'll do it right. Um, but there are definitely major questions sure. this year as opposed to other years. And like I said earlier, are they bringing in a coordinator to just for Ben or are they, or are they looking towards the future, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and there have a lot of free agents. I'm looking at the free agents list right now. So, you know, guys come and go. This might be one of those times where more go in a season, mm-hmm. in an off season, I should it's say, than, than normally. But, uh, but yeah, it's, I think everything's going to be fine. You know, most teams don't really plummet, especially, uh, you know, a team like the Steelers that has been so consistent for years. So, True. you know, I know people, I know people aren't patient, but it'll all play out and then we'll see where we're at uh, for training camp. 
Yeah, you sound like the voice of reason, which which Steeler Nation needs. That's for darn sure. Um, no, <laughs> just a little. Hey, really? real real quick, Ryan. What what's uh what's Arians like? What, what kind of guy is he? Oh, uh, don't don't I, I worry. Laugh We're not holding. I, no, no, no. I mean, I got along with Bruce. Um, I, I would like to say that like he's a character. He's definitely yes. a character. Um, I, I want to say like the other day they, they panned in on him and he had the mask on and it, yeah. it, he kind of looked like he had like, like a Vader, like a <laughs> Vader, like, I, I don't know if Darth Vader's correct, but like he, he just like looked like a character. He got that hat on and he, yeah. he looks like he's got this, like, you know, this vest and he's got his mask. And like, I just laughed because like, you could, you could see his lips were moving, but his mask was on. You couldn't tell. But like, I have seen that so many times in practice. Like he's just. He's, he's, you know, he's a great coach. Um, yeah. He was very well liked um, and he's really smart. And, you know, he does, he, I know sometimes he says things <laughs> that, uh, that, you know, sort of gain, gain traction in the media. Oh, yeah. And then he's like, I don't know. And then he's like, I don't know why you're making a big deal out of it, but, <laughs> but you know, he, he's, he's a good guy and a good coach. And um, I will not, uh, admit if I'm rooting for the Buccaneers or not. Well, yeah, that that that's fair. I I just he, he strikes me I'm as not. a guy. Oh, well, no, I'm not they, either. But they I'm lost not my allegiance for not sure either. when they when they signed Tom Brady. That was over. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, yeah, Aaron's just you know he cracks me up. In fact, I noticed he was going without the glasses for a, a good part of the game on uh, uh, this past weekend, which which was odd. But uh, yeah, he, well, he just cracked up. Me up. I mean that that would be a yeah. pain in the ass about wearing a a mask. Yes, would be if you wear glasses, it, they fog up constantly. No, I I get it. I you got to wear totally the glasses good. over the mask. You push like the top. I, I wear glasses every day. You push the top of the mask up a little bit on your nose, and you put your glasses like on top of the fabric of the mask, and then they won't fog up. Oh, that's a good tip. Yeah, see, you know, it's it's this type of thing I'm that people come to this. Real quick. Yeah, I don't, even yeah. Wear, I don't even wear glasses, but you know, <laughs> neither do I. Yeah, well, I mean, but I wear know, contacts. I kind of wear glasses sometimes, but not usually. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just these are the things that people come. Yeah, you wear glasses. For. How did yeah. I not know this? <laughs> what? How did you not know that? Well, I've I've actually met Ian. We've sat around and drank, and you, I don't know you. Well, no, we're, we're going to keep it. That I think way. I was. I think uh, I was wearing contacts that day we met Ben because it was a sunny day and I was wearing sunglasses. So it was a great yeah. day. Yeah, yeah, that was that was a beautiful day. <laughs> uh, Ian, we were we were talking with uh, with Ryan a little bit about um, you know just just the the tumult that the Steelers are likely to to go through uh, this season and or this off season, I should say. And, you know, just, just how different things it, it'll be. And, you know, you, you have like a, a unbelievable memory when it comes to these things. And, and, you know, w- when do you last remember the Steelers kind of having a, a turnover that they could, and I stress could possibly have this year. When, when do you go back uh, to, to the last time it was like this? Boy. Um, 2011. Yeah, I'd say tw- like 20 that 2011, 2012, 2013 time frame. I mean, they really kind of rebuilt the team. Um, you know, obviously Roethlisberger stayed, but other than that, right. um, you know, they kind of rebuilt the offense around him. Um, 
you know, starting really starting with like drafting Pouncey in 2010 was when they started rebuilding the offensive line because they finally figured out that, you know, <laughs> they, they can't let Ben just get sacked 45 to 50 times a year anymore or else he'd be out of the league pretty quickly. Um, I know Ryan said some nice things about Bruce Arians. I have my own opinions about Bruce, <laughs> um, that Bruce is a mediocre offensive coach who has been fortunate enough to be on some of the best defensive teams uh, around in the past. That's pretty damn so. good quarterbacks too. Yeah, yeah. But he's also a guy that players love. So they do, he, you know, he's doing some things, right? That's all he, I'm saying. He is, but if if you wanna if you if you wanna look at the numbers of it, right, that Arians has had a, a top t- let's say top eight, right, top twenty five percent of the league. Um, he's had a, a top eight offense four times in his one, two, three. I should have counted this before I started this. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we're doing math. All right, he's been he's been a, either an offensive coordinator or a head coach for 17 years. He's had a top f- top 8 offense for those 17 years mm-hmm. and had a top 8 defense in 9 of those 17 years. There we go. So, yeah, I mean, he it's was It's a team game. It's a team game. It's a, it's a team game, it but he's known game. as an offensive coach that has been fortunate enough to be on some pretty darn good defenses i mean you you look at at the steelers defenses while here he was here in total defense so yards overall they were uh first first fifth second first and then he went to indy um in scoring defense while he was with the steelers they were second first 12th first and first he only had one year with the steelers where the offense was even in the top 10 in yards and it was never in the top 10 in points so you know i mean he you you guys are right players love him mm-hmm. um he says good things in the media he's accessible to the media so the it's, media he guys, says good things in the media okay he, he says he says he says quotable printable headline material yeah he's, the guys he's the overly honest with the media okay yeah. that's cool that's that's what that's what i meant was that he He's accessible to the media, so the media guys. The love media him. likes him because they always get yes. some good quotes. Exactly, that's it's spot on. I couldn't have said it better. Yes, <laughs> and, yeah. and and so clearly, Ian, you'll be rooting for uh, uh, Arians. Uh, yeah, there we go. That's what I thought. Yeah. The, oh the, man, they have pigs NFC Championship game, if you will, to go back to the old NFC Central rivalry. Loved um, it, but but to get yeah. back to your question, Mark, about when you know when we've had yeah. this kind of of upheaval, um, I think. One of the the biggest things that we've got to look at too is just the salary cap situation that the Steelers are facing, and there's going to be, I mean, it's going to be a bloodbath this year league wide, trying to get down to whatever the number is. If it's you know one seventy five, one eighty five, one eighty eight, whatever, whatever you want to pick. I mean, we were up over two hundred million for the salary cap, and if they've got a if league wide teams have to make cuts like this, I mean the Saints are going to be almost a hundred million dollars oh. over the salary cap. This yeah. was their their last year to go for it. I mean, you want to talk about a, a disappointing run? I mean, people mm-hmm. people harp on Tomlin for making two Super Bowls with Ben. Sean Payton only made one with Drew Brees. So, and, and I mean, people want to talk about the talent that Tomlin had. I mean, the Saints arguably had 
a Hall of Fame quarterback, the best running back in the league in Alvin Kamara, and the best wide receiver in the league in Mike Thomas. So, yeah. and and a pretty darn good defense to go yep. with that combination. Um, so yeah, but but there's there's going to be some some big time cuts around the league, and the the Steelers are going to have to make some tough decisions too, especially with some veteran guys. Yeah. Um, you know, Joe, your Joe Hayden's, your Vince Williams, okay. um, your Marquise Pounceys, your David DeCastros. All these guys are over thirty years old. They've given a lot to the team. They've been great players, and I mean, I have a DeCastro jersey hanging in my closet, so like I, I hate to see any <laughs> of these guys go. Um, but at the same time, the NFL is a business, and the Steelers are twenty one million over the projected yeah. cap and they're going to have yeah. to make some tough decisions. So it's it's yeah. going to be a tough year just trying to, you know, kind of fit into that, uh, you know, thread the needle of, you know, working guys in with the cap, restructuring contracts, maybe extending some guys. Um, you know, I mean, the, the real solution to Ben Roethlisberger is not to cut him or for him to retire. It's to give him a, you know, two-year extension. Give him, the, give him the Tom Brady deal and turn his salary this year into a signing bonus to stretch that out over three years. And you could save $10 million, $11 million off the cap right like mm-hmm. that. Well, yeah. yeah. And I'll, yeah. I'll let you people talk math later. Um, yeah. Ryan, one thing that did come out this week from the league too, is that um, the, the NFL combine was not going to happen uh, the way we've all been accustomed to it. And you, you know, you were around the Steelers, uh, during you know so many different draft lead-ins and, and processes and things like that, H- how does this change things um, for for the Steelers going forward? Knowing that you're not going to be in that one centralized location, I mean, d- does this just put like all the eggs in the uh, pro day basket, so to speak? The good thing about that is that uh, Coach Tomlin and Kevin Colbert uh, were just as excited slash interested slash doing their due diligence when it came to mm-hmm. pro days as they did the combine. Um, you know, the combine to me, I've, you know, I've always just thought the combine was there for entertainment. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously it's, obviously it's, it's a, it's just another, uh, you know, area to analyze during the draft process, but Tomlin and Colbert were always at, uh, at pro days. Um, and, and I, and, you know, I'm going to share a story that, and I've, I've talked about this before, but um, I think it was my last year there. I was talking with Kevin Colbert and we were talking about the late great Bill Nunn who yeah. could be in the hall of fame, who should have been in the hall of fame 10 years ago. Uh, rest in peace. Miss, Mr. Nunn was awesome. But um, we were talking about how, you know, back in the day when Mr. Nunn was scouting that all that information wasn't available. And Kevin mm-hmm. was talking about how now, you know, the scouting process is just so, so homogenized. Everybody has the same information. Everybody has the same medicals. You know, you're watching True. somebody run a four. You're watching somebody run a forty. You know, in Lucas Oil Stadium, but so is five. You know, fifty million Americans. Uh, that number is probably way high. But so, like, right, you know, right, everybody right. sees the same. Everybody sees the same thing almost. So, you know, I think the combine is 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 great but it's just another tool that scouts use. Um, and it will suck because it definitely is enjoyable. Usually around that time, yep. um, you're, you know, you're craving some NFL action and, you know, you're mm-hmm. seeing these, you know, young up and comers uh, try to, you know, etch their name and combine lore and then hopefully, you know, get drafted or, or pick up, uh, you know, on a free agent, a rookie free agent contract. But, I don't think it's going to be as big as an issue for the Steelers as it may be for other teams. 
Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I, I, I would think because they've been around the the block, so to speak, so many times. Isn't, um, isn't yeah. the biggest the biggest thing they're going to lose from losing the combine? Isn't it just going to be that the fact that they're not going to have that that medical information that they all have access to? They're going to have to pull guys in and give them physicals individually. Yeah, so am I missing something yeah. here? I mean, other than that, I mean, like you pointed out, I mean, basically, it has become it's become homogenized. They have two workouts. They have the combine, and then they have their pro day. They're all videoed. They mm-hmm. they know what the times are. They know what the weights are. They know what the lengths are. They know all those measurements. They watch the tape. The only thing that's missing now is they're not going to have that one collective spot where they can go to the guys and they can say, okay, this guy had a physical at the combine and this is what the results were. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'll, and again, the Steelers have always done their homework, especially when it comes to pro days. So, I mean, I, I have full faith that, that the Steelers will be fine, but there will be other teams, you know, maybe going through a, you know, a transition or like a regime change with, you know, with mm-hmm. new staff that, that might not know the ins and outs of obtaining that information. But, you know, I, I, I will say this and, and, you know, obviously we've sort of been virtual for almost a year now, Yeah. but you know, you, you see, you see Mike Tomlin in, in a, in a light that his players don't see it or vice versa. So like you see Tomlin in a media interview and you, and you, you know, you think, okay, you know, he doesn't say much, you know, he <laughs> has his quite frankly's and uh, wouldn't be prudence and obviously, <laughs> but, but he's totally, he's totally different. And, and things of that nature. I, yeah. Yeah, think, yeah. Yeah. And so forth. Um, but I really do think that there's, there's something that comes with like, you know, shaking somebody's hand or looking into, uh, you know, someone's eyes and saying like, we like you, we want to draft you in person versus, you know, having a zoom meeting with them. You know, I, I think that all teams are going to, all teams are, that's the one thing that all teams are going to have to deal with because, you know, even, you know, even last year we were still sort of, you know, you know, sort of new to that. Um, mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. now we've been now we've been virtual for a year now. I, I, you know, I I think that you know teams better be sharp and, and figure out persuasive ways to you know to you know get you know kids on board or get players on board. I mean, I I, I would want to be drafted to any team. I don't really care, but yeah, you know, there, it's just different. It's just different not being able to actually talk to someone in person. Well, and that's exactly what I was going to ask, you know, Ian, uh, to bring you in on it, you know, that you, you are losing that that personal edge to it. And and then when you consider the fact that, you know, the Steelers, and, and again, very much on the cheap, no real risk to them, are bringing in uh, Dwayne Haskins, who, who obviously there's a character issue there that's recent. Um, and the Steelers have done a pretty good job in recent drafts of staying away from that. Uh, does this does this open the door for uh, them to 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 maybe take higher risk kids because of this, or are they still going to try to do everything they can to to take upstanding citizen types? I think one other thing, just to, to add to Ben's point about what you lose without the combine, mm-hmm. is you lose having all of the 
or not all, a, a vast majority of potential draftees in one space where you can just talk to them real quickly, have a, a side conversation with them for a couple right. of minutes, things like that, that you know, have to like, you probably work through their agents to set up Zoom calls, set up interviews with them. It's going to be a lot more yeah. formal in some respects. You can't just like grab a guy who's waiting in line and have a, a conversation with them for a couple minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, or, or, you know, who just did a drill and just talked to him on the side, um, you're, you're going to lose, you know, the Steelers have for years talked about guys they took to dinner and how much they either impressed them or didn't impress them. Um, and mm-hmm. the, probably the case of certain Baylor players that uh, <laughs> some some other Steelers websites were convinced that we were going to draft and then uh, <laughs> fell all the way to the Bengals in like the fourth round. The um, yeah. But we, we won't mention names. Uh, no. Nevertheless, but they took that guy out to dinner. And I, I keep thinking, like, how horrible must that dinner have been? That, <laughs> you know, that they didn't even touch him for four rounds. He never uh, used his napkin. It was atrocious. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so so you lose some of that. But but also, you know, to your question, that yeah, a lot of what it seems like the Steelers have relied on, especially for their first-round picks, is connections they trust, right? So you took TJ Watt, who was coached at Wisconsin by Paul Christ, who used to be the coach at Pitt that worked in the same building as Mike Tomlin for years and had a very good working relationship, right? We've taken guys from Ohio State over the years because we've had good relationships with their program. Um, recently, guys from Michigan that we've had some good relationships with their program that, you know, a, a lot of times, and I think Ryan's point is very well taken, that Kevin Colbert's been in the game for a long time. Tomlin's been in the game for a long time. They have connections at these schools and not necessarily with head coaches or even assistant coaches, but even just staff people in the buildings that they can trust to call up and say, Hey, is this guy a problem in the locker room? Or, you know, mm-hmm. is this guy, is this guy keep up with his stuff in class? You know, is, is he a good citizen? I think that goes a long way versus some teams that are going through, like Ryan said, regime changes where they're getting a new GM, a new scouting staff on board that may, you know, they may be pulling guys from a bunch of different places that might not have worked together yet. Um, whereas the Steelers are a pretty well-oiled staffing machine. Not only they know, you know, what area scouts they have going to scout which players at what pro days, but also, you know, have good established connections at a lot of schools and especially Mac schools. I mean, we've, we've landed some, mm-hmm. some gems out of the Mac in recent years um, that we've done a really good job scouting that area too. So, um, you know, having good connections at, schools to do some of that character background research that you probably aren't going to get from a 15 minute zoom call because people can fake things during an interview. It's real easy to, to give the right answers to questions. But um, you know, when you start to ask, you know, their coaches, their assistant coaches, their position coaches, their uh, you know, the, the secretaries, were they respectful when they walk in the building, things like that. That's, that's mm-hmm. when you start to get real answers and real pictures of what kind of people these guys are. Yeah, and no, I I totally agree, and I I think they're going to miss some of that stuff. But um, you, you know, with the experience they have, I I'm I'm I have a lot of faith in it. So, um, guys, as we wind things down here, we are down to the uh, final four uh, of the NFL season, and um, ironically, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, I believe, uh, will have let's see the Bills, the Chiefs and the Packers uh, on the schedule next year. Um, And, uh, in fact, they play at all three of those stadiums, if I'm not mistaken. And um, that's terrific. That's terrific. So, Ben, uh, who do you got advancing to the Super Bowl this weekend? Packers-Chiefs. Packers-Chiefs, a a 
uh, a replay of Super Bowl one or two. Hoping, hoping for the Bills, but uh, yeah. Packers Chiefs. Okay, all right, Ryan. Uh, who who do you got, man? Uh, I'm definitely not coming on the show after this. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, I've been I've been thinking about this all week, but I'm going with my gut. I got the Bills winning thirty-four to twenty-seven. Oh, and I got wow. the Pats, I I got the Packers winning twenty-seven to twenty-four, and I think the Buffalo Bills are a great story. And I oh. I'm listen. I love Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, uh, Tyler Matakevich. Shout out to Tyler Matakevich if he's listening. Yeah, dirty red. <laughs> um, uh, but. I don't see anybody stopping Aaron Rodgers. He is on the why did they draft a quarterback tour. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I think the Packers are going to win the Super Bowl. Uh, wow, that's hope, tough to follow, Ian. Hope what you're writing you about the Bills. I, hope, I really hope you're right about the Bills. So, Ian. yes. All right. Here's the thing. Uh, since oh. November 1st, when the Chiefs beat the Jets 35-9, to Mm-hmm. The Chiefs have actually not beaten any other team by more than one score. They've okay. played – well, I, they lost to the Chargers when they didn't start anyone. But other than that, uh, they, they've won eight one-score games in a row. And we've talked very early in the show about how there's always some regression to the mean, and at some point it comes mm-hmm. back to bite you. It seems like the Chiefs' MO this season, kind of like what happened against the Browns in the – divisional round was that they get up early and then just kind of cruise and hold on at the end to win i mean mm-hmm. they they did that against carolina where carolina missed a 60 some yard field goal uh they got up big on tampa bay and tampa stormed back at the end the final score there was 27 24 but you know the chiefs still wound up on top and right. it's, it's happened a few other times on them too against uh, the saints as well um but uh, on the other hand you have the bills and uh since thanksgiving the bills have won every game since I actually since before Thanksgiving since they lost to the Cardinals on that Kyler Murray uh that's right Murray. that's uh, right but since then the the Bills not only won uh eight in a row but they've won all but their wild card game against the Colts that was the only game they played that was closer than 10 points so every, they've won yeah the the Bills have been blowing teams out down the stretch while the Chiefs have been kind of barely squeaking by. So it's a very inter- interesting kind of confluence of storylines here that, you know, mm-hmm. the, the Chiefs were hyped up all season, defending champions. They're 14-2. and two, They're the number one seed. They got the bye, all that stuff. Yep. Um, but actually, over the last, since Thanksgiving, over the last two months, the Bills have been the better team. I mean, the, the Bills have played really well and yep. beat the crap out of teams i mean um you know they they stomped all over the dolphins in the last week of the season in a game the dolphins needed to win to make the playoffs so um y- y- you know and i mean buffalo handled us pretty pretty darn well well um i'd i'd love to see buffalo win um i i I, I really have a hard time. Just, I I have a hard time picking against Patrick Mahomes, though. Um, I mean, he's just been so so darn good. Um, and I my my gut says it's probably going to be the the Chiefs and the Packers. Although the Buccaneers did handle the Packers pretty well earlier this season, mm-hmm. um, they they 
stomped all over. I mean, it, it really depends on the Bucks defense. If the if they're getting a pass rush with four and able to drop seven, uh, it's going to get a lot harder on Aaron Rodgers. And if Green Bay can't run the ball, they're going to be in trouble. I mean, Aaron Jones has kind of been, I don't want to say the unsung hero. He was like top five in the league in rushing yeah. yards this season. But, you know, Aaron Rodgers had an MVP type season. Everyone wants to talk about him. Um, but Green Bay doesn't have a lot uh, of receiving options if they can shut down Devontae Adams either. So I, I think that one will be close. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd, I'd much prefer to see Green Bay and Buffalo be in the Super Bowl. Um, it, but I'll, yeah, I'll go with Green Bay and Buffalo. Why not? All right. Yeah, we'll go with Green Bay and Buffalo. Yeah, I, I you said everything I was going to say about Buffalo, Kansas City. I, I think Kansas City's been playing with fire. I think uh, I don't know how healthy Mahomes is going to be. Um, I, I think he'll he'll clear protocol probably tomorrow. Everything will be fine. But uh, man, there's just something about Buffalo. I, I I don't know. They're they're just playing well. Um, I mean that that city would absolutely burn if they go on to win a Super Bowl. I can tell you that right now. You, you'd you'd have what like uh, five hundred thousand people all all doing a uh, flop on a table at the same time, um, and and I would love to see that. So yeah, I I, I think Buffalo finds a way uh, in a close one, and then I I think the Green Bay Tampa Bay is going to be real real close too. And and I'll go ahead and say Green Bay just because they got home field advantage, but. Uh, uh, anyway, that's uh, that's going to be it for us tonight. And obviously, we're uh, getting ready to start the draft profile stuff. Start looking at some of these young men who could be Pittsburgh Steelers come April. And uh, we'll start cranking those out as well. And uh, again, just big thanks, uh, Ryan. Thanks so much for joining us tonight. And uh, we wish you the best and hope everything's going well for you. And uh, we will make sure that it is not two years Cannot believe it's been. It hasn't been two years, really. That's what he said. I, I can't believe it's no been two way. years. Yeah, confirmed. Right. He confirmed really? it. Yeah, isn't that yeah. stunning? That is bizarre. bizarre. I know. I feel terrible. I. I it's all your fault. Well, clearly, but uh, <laughs> always is. What can I tell you? Anyway, uh, thanks again, Ryan, for being here. And uh, for Ian and Ben, this is Steel Dad signing off on the. Steel City Blitz, Steelers podcast presented by Deck Roofing Incorporated of South Florida. And hey, go Steelers. Ravens suck.